0: coming up it's the 49th episode matt does obviously more rodeo we talk about originality and uh, masterclass you win where we actually do may engine and, and we have a win cross animals. episode 49 is next
1: you cannot be serious that ball was on the line and ladies and gentlemen elvis has just left the building
0: When you Konnichiwa, this is you vocal. Shalom. This is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a hundred percent user funded audio visual entertainment, please click on the PayPal donations link on our website, it's on the right hand side, to show us how much you love us. Because we are here to make you a better Sports photographer. So, news.
1: News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month. And we talk about ourselves, because what else are we going to talk about?
0: Nothing else. Absolutely, absolutely nothing else. I can talk about, like, my daughter, and Matt can talk about his cat spot. You know, I'm getting to a point right now that I've actually taken quite a lot of time off. Um, due to my daughter being born, I'm kind of itching to go back to work. I cannot contribute to this section this month, so Matt, Matt has all the time in the world. So he can.
1: Okay. Well, my worst shoot of the month. Something happened to me that hasn't happened in the whole time that I've been shooting rodeo, which is like eight years. Got stepped on by a horse. Uh, it hurt. Did you really? Quite a lot.
0: Did you break anything?
1: No, I I don't really. I have no idea how I didn't break anything. Uh, it felt like it was broken. It swelled up like it was broken. couldn't put any weight on it. I couldn't put my boot on the next day, which kind of made it not possible for me to shoot the rest of the rodeo. But it was so dumb because I wasn't even actually shooting at the time. I was waiting for the next event to start, and I was in a pretty crowded area, and a Team ropers horse, I guess, didn't like how crowded it was and kind of freaked out and stepped right on my foot and... Yeah, I got a nice bruise out of it, but it didn't break. Yeah, that sucks, 100%. I
0: think the suckier thing is you didn't take a picture of it. Take a
1: picture of the horse stepping on me? Mm. Well, that would have been a neat trick. Yeah. It felt like I got struck by lightning. It hurt a lot. Anyway, so that was the worst. The best... I went to a new rodeo, to me, which is certainly not a new rodeo. It's been there forever, but I had never been there before, and I also never shot a rodeo in Oregon before, so I drove nine hours to a very, very, very small town in Oregon called St. Paul, who somehow has a very, very big rodeo. One of the 10 biggest rodeos in the country happens in a town where 400 people live. Kind of amazing. It's in a great old arena, and they have trees that grow actually in the arena, which makes for some pretty cool pictures. They had uh, Slack at 8 a.m., and the performance started at 7.30. And so there was great light for both. People there were great, and so I made a lot of good pictures, and I didn't have to deal with any hassle, which I think might be a first ever in in terms of rodeo. So that was the best. Wow,
0: I kind of I feel like a like someone who's like unwanted in society now, like not really contributing to anything. So hopefully in the next section I can contribute a bit. But you know, as I know, as you all know, I might just you know sit and just listen to Matt talk for the next five minutes as well. But. Sorry, it's it's as good as it goes with my uh, news. In Masterclass, we pick a topic in sports photography and we serve it on a plate to your ears. You got something to say? Tell us at BigLensFastShutter.com. It will be very easy to make this into a Matt Cohen Referendum Masterclass Special of the Year. Matt Cohen. You wanted to talk about what this month
1: originality i think the importance of making pictures that don't look like other people's pictures even beyond that pictures that don't look like your own pictures that you've already made this kind of came to me combination of ways but certainly looking at some of the pictures in the group and looking at some of the pictures in training ground and even you win you know i wrote a post about this about how much just stock pictures are worth. And I know that everybody's read stories about, uh, you know, you you put your pictures up on those stock photo websites and you can make a whopping 50 cents or something like that out of them. And then I think that people think, oh, well, you know, I'm shooting Cristiano Ronaldo, so my pictures are going to be worth more. And they're not. And so that's what got me thinking. The, the We take shortcuts here when we're critiquing people's pictures. And we say, okay, well, there's nothing special here. You need to do more. You need to look for a different perspective on it. You need to change up your gear. You need to get better access, all of these things. And we don't often talk about why that is other than just for the sake of making better pictures. But the thing is that there's also a financial reason and maybe the people who aren't responding to us just telling them to make better pictures for the sake of making better pictures will respond to the fact that the pictures that you're making right now are worthless. I understand it. Listen, you know, I just a couple days ago shot Man United in Barcelona and their first teams for the most part were there. It was a great opportunity, but there were a lot of people there who would never get to shoot a game like that. You know, they were just local guys who had an in and were able to shoot the game. And I looked at a bunch of pictures afterwards and you get a picture of Wayne Rooney working out before the game or heading the ball across the field or something like that and you are you got it in focus and it's properly exposed or whatever and you're really happy with it. But again, that picture is worthless because Manchester United plays 50-something games a year and there's 50-something photographers at all of those games taking several hundred pictures or more. Scarcity is where the money is. Making pictures that don't look like everybody else is the only way that A, you're gonna get paid for those pictures. And B, that you're going to create something that somebody is going to say, okay, well, we need to hire somebody to go get pictures picture of this game. This is what I'm looking for, and so I'm going to hire this person. You don't want to be, oh, yeah, that guy who can shoot sports. You want to be that guy who nails it every time and who has a unique perspective and whose pictures don't look like everybody else's. But what we keep seeing is that people get really happy about this in-focus picture of Wayne Rooney when really it's no different than the in-focus picture of random MLS scrub or random high school athlete or random beer league dude. It's all the same. Once you can do that, you can do that. You don't need to keep making those pictures over and over again. You really don't. Because you're not getting any better as a photographer, you're not getting any closer to getting gigs or getting hired to go shoot something or to be on staff somewhere or to have your pictures be worth anything or to be thought of as a great photographer. All you're doing is making the same picture over and over again. You need to figure out what do you see in this that's different than what other people see in it and then go about using your camera to make that.
0: I mean, I, I, I started trying to shoot something different just because once I knew that I could do like the stuff that most people do, most of you who are listening to this can basically do what I can do. I just kind of got bored. I thought, well, take a shot of Rooney kicking the ball every single match exactly the same way. Why Why would I want to do that? It doesn't make any sense. Like it looks exactly the same. Like you cannot tell the difference between like which match that particular shot is from. So why do I need to do that? Because I don't really have any restriction of, you know, what I need to shoot, because I don't particularly work for an agency that requires me to, you know, submit 8, 10, 15 shots of, you know, the entire match. And some of them might be exactly the same from one week to another. So that's, about, that's the reason of how I started. And then after that, it just came to me that um, like masses for economical reasons. That a lot of um, these media outlets, whether it be magazines or newspapers or websites or even TV, they have a contract with uh, Getty and AP and Reuters and AFP and all these really big agencies, where they would have a annual contract, which allows them to you know use as many pictures as they want within the year. Like if I shot a picture of Alex Rodriguez. You know, hitting a home run and Getty took one exactly, the, almost exactly the same. Like, why would, like, I don't know, New York Times pay me money to buy the picture from me where they already have exactly the same picture from Getty that they already paid for with their annual contract or whatever subscription thing? Which got me thinking, like, am I gonna, am I gonna do this because it makes no sense to me? Like, economically, like, I cannot sell my photos. And that's one of the reasons why I tried to, you know, shoot things differently. It has worked for me so far. But really, in my side of things, really just, you know, it's very confusing is that so many people, like, so many of my colleagues have been complaining how little work they have. You you look at their stuff and they don't, they shoot basically exactly how they did, like, before the era of Getty images, basically giving out free pictures to everyone. And more well, they are now, even more, you know? And I don't want to really get into like, because pictures are really not really worth anything anymore, and especially in sports. And that's something we can probably revisit again and we can talk about in depth. But in terms of originality, they, they, my colleagues don't really do that. So, and they're complaining. I'm here just like one way they're doing. Not doing anything. They think the world is turning the exact way as it did 10, 15 years ago. I kind of think that when we see photos in all these sections of Big Lens Fast Shutter, and some, some of you, I think you know exactly who you are, are taking exactly the same things uh, and in submitting it to all these contests. You know, having these ridiculously mundane shots that requires absolutely no thought and it's one of those, like, great, you can stop, uh, you can freeze an action type of uh, image. And thinking that's like God's gift to whatever. Because I don't know, you posted that on Facebook, or you post that on Flickr or Twitter, and like a lot of your friends liked it. You no, know, it doesn't really work like that, you know? We're harsh on you for a reason. Because I don't, we don't want you to think that your friends or your, your your family members or people basically who are cannot say bad things to you is the best judge of your pictures. They're not. If you have someone like my wife who will basically tell you straight up like if a picture suck or not, and that's a different story. But most people are too nice to say bad things about your picture. And especially if they are lacking originality. I think it's one of those things that you really have to look at your pictures again and see if you've actually shot anything like that, you know, last week or two weeks ago or a month ago or a year ago. So, I mean, ask yourself, like, why am I submitting exactly the same picture? I, mean, I can do this. Like, why don't I try to do something different? And I do have to remind myself pretty much every single match that I don't want to do that. I want to really keep on creating new content that I've not created. I mean, I know it's better, bigger, it's uh, easier said than done.
1: The thing is that what Ryu was talking about, we fall into this as well. There was a rodeo earlier this year where, you know, I'd been on the road. I hadn't really been home in a month and I was exhausted and I was, I was just on autopilot. And I, one of the days I went back and was looking at the pictures that I made and I said, I really need to start from scratch here and just do something completely different because I didn't even want to put the pictures that I had made at that rodeo so far anywhere. I didn't want to send them to my clients. I didn't want to put them on Facebook or Instagram. What I didn't want was people saying, well, you know, these are just roping pictures or these are just bucking horse pictures. They look exactly like the ones you're you're standing in the same place, you're using the same gear or whatever. You know, the thing is that I'm going to sell those pictures one way or the other. You know, I... I I have to send them to my clients because that's what they pay me for. I'm gonna sell them, but you're not gonna sell them. If you make 15 pictures of Cristiano Ronaldo heading a ball in a game, you might sell one and it's gonna be for a couple dollars at the very most because everybody else there is shooting them and somebody's gonna sell them for cheaper than you are or somebody already has the pre-existing relationship that Ryu was talking about, where there's a contract and the pictures are free anyway. At some point, you have to have the pride in your work that you're out there to present your viewpoint of it. You're not the video guy. You're not the official you know, broadcast everything guy. You're there, you're still a photographer. You're there to show your viewpoint of it. And yes, that means working a little bit harder. It means thinking a little bit more. It means knowing your gear more. It means being more prepared. But you have to do that because we just did a critique for Kevin, one of our listeners. And Kevin's made a ton of progress. And he has some genuinely very good pictures. But the ones that he presented to us for his portfolio were a lot of pictures that anybody else could have made. Whether it's for your portfolio, or whether it's for your account on Flickr or Facebook or something like that, people are gonna look at those pictures. And I promise you that anybody who matters is going to look at pictures like that and move on because they're not interesting enough and they don't look any different than anybody else. And so what happens? They're just gonna hire somebody they know or they're gonna go to Getty and sign a year contract because they can't see anybody else that they can get having any kind of imagination that makes it special to hire one person to go and shoot something for them. We're challenging you. I know you get a rush when you get somebody famous and you get to shoot somebody famous and great when you get usable pictures out of that, but somebody else is doing that also. And the rush that you get from doing that is gonna go down every single time because you've done it already. Yes, it's a new big player, but you're still doing the exact same thing and you go, And look at the pictures and it's not quite as exciting as it was the last time and not quite as exciting as the time before that what's really fulfilling is first of all making great pictures that don't look like anybody else's that nobody else could do or that nobody else has thought of and then selling them for a lot of money because the people who want the picture have no other options whatsoever. That's the best feeling in the world. When a client comes to you and says, "We really need this picture." Oh well, I have you know twenty or thirty more of this guy. Nope, we need this one. Nothing better than that. I, I really, I want to see it. I, I want to and I don't care if you miss because, as you can tell, we're when people try things and it doesn't work, we're not anywhere near as hard on them as we are on people who just keep doing the same thing over and over again and think that they're great for making similar boring. But that's the challenge to you.
0: Think. It's a bit rampant now in UN as well. Like I really see that. We're not because we're not challenging people, you know what I mean? Maybe that's the reason why. I don't remember the last time we actually had like, wow, that's a great shot. We was an experiment. Like we we thought that UN would actually be quite good if we say, okay, you know what, let's not have any themes and people will just submit their best of for that month. And I think what we did find do we actually found out so far, seven months in is that I think if you guys are not having your ass whooped every single month that you don't really create anything good or anything interesting at least you don't really challenge yourself at all and that's that's not really good huh it's like you know have like these athletes like they need to get like you know slandered on the on the news site or whoever it is to get themselves going and play no play against another team like i mean you should be motivating yourself you know not we shouldn't be have to motivate you every single time you should be thinking Like we need, I need to create original stuff. I need to really challenge myself. And now it's that's not really happening.
1: If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple, and then rate us. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are, and one day we might be featured as a top sports photography podcast. Seriously, go and rate us.
0: Not only is you in a monthly theme competition, it is your chance to bask yourself in sports photography limelight. Listeners spit their photos against one another for a chance to enter the kingdom of BLFS and of course they win a t-shirt while you're at it. If you want to play along, pause this podcast now. Pause. Good. Now, go to our Flickr group page and click on this month's you win thread. Will you win? Probably not, but anyway, find out now after we just talk about the whole thing about originality and whatnot so let's see how original people decided to be Matt Cohen, number
1: three number three is kevin Souza, son working the arm uh, the one i like um yeah it's, so it's i guess it's his kid uh we didn't know that when we were looking at his portfolio um we also didn't know when we were looking at his portfolio that this was using pocket wizards and a monopod which oh really yeah which is good Yeah, we were trying to figure out if he was standing on something or uh, in the press box or whatever. But um, this is good for that kind of picture.
0: Maybe he's like a giant, like he's like Yao Ming or
1: something. I don't know. This is very good for just, you know, as a picture, but also impressive that he was able to make this picture in that way.
0: My number three is Tom Beery, Ireland versus Scotland. And one dude is doing something. And... I kind of just like the, idea, like the entire atmosphere. I think it works very well. And he's very very obviously low to the ground, or cameras at least. It would have been nice if there was some even crazier thing going on because the, the action itself I don't think is very very strong. But I think the atmosphere is. I think he took a good, good opportunity. I mean it's just it's it's a very very clean photo. It's the most exciting number three that I've ever shot, I mean ever taken but. Number two?
1: Yeah, my number two is Mikhail, and it's the strobed swimmer coming right out. Really? Um, that I yeah. don't.
0: But go ahead, tell me
1: what. I think it speaks for itself. It's very well lit. I like how he let the background go completely black. He got good symmetry there with the water and then even that little bit of reflection in front of him this is not super out of the ordinary but it is very very well done in the execution of it so he went the extra mile it's not just uh an off color swimming picture like most of them are he actually went the extra step to light it and he did a good job doing that
0: uh my number two is uh kevin not sammy is it Sousa or is it sosa i don't know i think it's sosa right? or is it Sousa? does it really matter Maybe does it Sousa,
1: Sousa. I would imagine.
0: This son, I just we talked about this because this picture is um, in his portfolio, and I really, really like. The more I look at it, really, I mean, it's really it's well done. I think this is a start of something. That's kind of how I feel about. It. Like I don't think this is like the best. I hope that he will continue to use this particular setup and create something even more interesting because I think there is a lot more you can do with this. Obviously, it's a little league game, so you can get a lot closer to the players than you can with professionals, and probably not die. So. So, I mean, Kevin, hopefully you, you know, get yourself a helmet and make sure you can get to this type of angle as often as possible. And once you do, I just think there's so many things that could happen in this particular area from this angle that I, I just kind of think there'll be quite interesting things you can do. From here on out. All right, Michael, number one.
1: Uh, it's Kevin's other picture, the T-ball. Really? Yeah. Oh,
0: we're really split on this one today. Huh? Okay.
1: This is not something that I would have expected. It's not something I would think about when I thought about T-ball. And the light is really, really, really nice. The shadow from the bat going through the dust coming off of the bat is really nice. Um, It is not something that we ordinarily see. It's not two guys and a ball, I think a really nice use of the light and that's definitely a step above most of the other stuff that we see.
0: Yeah, I like this one but I could, I could go with that. I'm really quite reluctant this month to also give out first because I'm not really clear cut on any of the stuff that I just think there's there's more to be done. This is a bit like a 2A and 2B for me and this is Mikhail's stuff, uh, the reflection of the other uh, pitch to the water stuff. I'm quite surprised that Mikhail, like in this situation, all you have to basically do is wait for a corner kick and you had a lot more going on. But I really, 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 really like the idea. I mean, reflection is always very, very good. It could be very, very interesting. It could be absolutely just horrendous.
1: I'm surprised that you you picked this over the other ones that you didn't pick because the problem is that for this picture to work, the water needs to be going up to the edge. Those players are never going to be at the edge of the water because it's six, seven feet behind where the goal line is. Yeah. So the reflections are never going to be what you need them to be because the players are too far away from the water. Yeah,
0: but they're going to come at least closer to where the goalkeeper is. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but it's not It's not going to out It's not going to be their whole body. The reflection is only going to be part of their body because part of their body would have been reflected, but it's in front of grass instead of in front of water. This is a picture that works if they're playing basketball and it had rained and they uh, mopped off the court but there was still water all the way around the outside of the boundary and then you can do things because you're going to get the whole reflection you're, you can be much closer to it than that but the problem is he's too far away and the players are too far away from the water there's mostly just empty sky the clouds aren't really all that great like if there were mountains with snow caps or something like that then maybe we could have a conversation about it but i'm i'm surprised that you really rank this the highest like, even if it wasn't
0: number one I like- the whole like the really austere like really sad look to the russian urban suburban football match and i really do and i mean there's like there are a lot of possibilities there. like I, if i saw it i just sit there like at least like you know 45 minutes hoping to actually get something interesting or even even better that someone jumps into the water i really want to like see a bit more original content and it's it's not easy and it's, it's you know we've talked about we've talked, we have we We talked about ad nauseum the masterclass. I don't think I've repeat myself, but I think it's a bit of a vote of confidence and say, you know what, you're doing the right thing. I want you to push it. I like the like the powder and everything and all that kind of stuff. Like I like the whole speed and movement as well, but for some reason I just can't like it. I'm not like not liking it just to despise you by the way, you know I'm not that kind of a person. (laughs) But I could be. But in this instance, it really isn't. It just doesn't really sit with me while well, this one... And because if you let this one end, then that means it's like a fucking Kevin Fiesta the entire... It's like one, two, three, Kevin. No,
1: it's... 1, 2... And three, it's two. Or
0: we can give Mikhail the swimming thing. I don't like that because it's a setup shot, you know, with the Mikhail stuff as well. I
1: don't think that matters.
0: Right. That I can. I'm happy giving that one third place, and then we give okay. the baseball one second, and then that one first place. Really? I mean, I can. i I'd, I'd rather give like the his son throwing the baseball thing one, and then we give the uh the second place the.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's the only one that we both agreed on, so that should be first. Yeah.
0: And then we have to give uh we can give the other other Kevin one the one he said ball yeah second. yeah and then mikhail just has to cry in the corner yeah ladies and ladies and boys ladies and boys it is done so to participate in you win go to flickr.com and search for our group big lens fast shutter find the latest human topic follow the directions and post your puppet post your picture and pray to jesus and other gods um we've been doing the whole non-theme thing this year but next month is our 50th would you believe ladies and gentlemen 50th big lens fashion i think just so we can say it's 50th we want you to submit 50 pictures No, no not we would like for you to uh, shoot a themed one and that will be celebrations so goal celebration celebration anything ones woke up celebration if you want if you have a really good one not the ones we actually try to do Used for uh, cross-counter. Not really terrible ones, but also really, really, really good emotional celebrations.
1: Think we only say bad things about sports photography? Say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with...
0: Cross, 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 cross.
1: Time to hold your fellow sports photographers hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy that was, I
0: thought it was really good that was
1: that yeah one. that was a good echo It sounded uh <laughs> almost computer generated
0: this is Cross Gunner where we talk about other people's photos and we actually praise it by the way I don't think I think we like, we probably said in the past but it's very difficult right now to find good photos on the internet before we usually do just before the show we think it's very easy to, like find sort of photos that we
1: we like and we can talk about it used to be a lot easier we could you know we could do a quick google search of whatever sporting major sporting event happened recently and we could see three or four galleries of 20 pictures each or something like that we could definitely pick two very good pictures but that let me tell you something is not the case anymore no those days are over if you come across a genuinely good picture of the women's world cup you uh, tweeted at us or Facebook it to us or something like that because uh, we just looked through a hundred in lists called the best, the most amazing, the most badass women's World Cup pictures and there was not one good picture in that hundred pictures. And that's
0: a fact. I think if you go to our um, biglancefashioner.com page, you can see that there's a link attached to this section. And Boston Globe does, you know, quite good stuff uh, most of the time. In it. the uh, off like pictures we can talk about. This time it's running the bulls, and it's not, it's not really sports. But a we're running out of time, and B it had elements of sport. By all means, I'm not really into um, you know the bullfighting thing. So it makes me kind of sick.
1: Um, but well, to be fair, we didn't. Neither of us picked bullfighting pictures. No,
0: there is a, really a sports element to the images, and obviously, like to the day as well. And the photographers who were there shot, uh, took shots that we can really translate into regular sports photography. So I'm gonna start out, and this is uh, number five. It says revelers hold up traditional red scarves during the start of San San Fermin festival in Pamplona on July six. But Eloy Alonso Reuters, there have been, well, there have been numerous times on UN and, I don't know, training ground and other things that you have the stand, the people, the fans, they are wearing something like, for instance, um, the same, you know, the, the shirt of their, their team or they're raising something, and it's not uniform, you know? So, like, you'll have patches of people who are wearing the team color say so it's white, and we have, like, another patch of, like, you know, people who are wearing yellow, for instance. And it doesn't, like, unless it's a pattern to it, it just doesn't look very, very good, or a lot of MTCs between it. And if it's, like, for instance, all MTCs, I think it will look really good. Just there has to be, like, some kind of a good pattern to it, and most time you don't. And as you can see from number five, this is obviously a bit closer than across the the picture or anything like that, but this is what we mean by uniform because you can see that there's like a couple on the lower up, yeah, upper up, not lower up, upper right hand side, there's uh, blue ones, there's some green ones as well on the the top, and there's like a one that to the right, but you will not notice it that much because your eye will eventually go to the guy on the left holding it up, and that makes the picture had it all been all red or had it been like you know red and little bit spots of like um, green and blue and things like that I don't think this would have actually worked because so I could just like you know you could probably like you can take this picture and photoshop and see if it works I don't think it would have at all so this guy realized like yeah I'm gonna actually make that guy the fo- the point of focus for the entire picture and he did it and it works very 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 well I'm, I'm talking more about uniformity of the background and not really about, you know, uniform background plus something in it. You can, you can do that both. But just in general, you have to be really thinking like this guy did. And that uniformity, basically, if there's one single um, element in that photo that needs to be done right, it's uniform, almost uniformity of the background. And on top of that, there is that one particular, another element that's gotten, that's very not that really pops out and that makes the whole image and that's the reason why very quickly how you do it you just have to you know look for that one guy and see and look for the angle that fits in so you can actually get the whole you know the rest of the the sea of red and then just kind of you know you need to, you need to pick up that person you need to also pick out that angle that allows you to do this because other angles he might just be one of the guys who are, who's raiding the um the flag and it won't work so you got, got an angle that he realized that would actually work. And he, the, the, this guy who's actually holding up will be the only guy popping out of the whole thing. So that's my blurb.
1: It's the uniformity. I, I don't think we can nail that home enough because the ones that are different color are still in the same shape and they're still being stretched out and they're still being stretched out by hands. And so that contributes to the sea of these things. And it can't just be me that they look like underwear. But that's neither here nor there. It helps that there was a guy who was either jumping or was taller than everybody else. But you could have focused, you could have found a pair of interesting hands and focused on real close with the hands and then have the background be at a different angle, you know, get real close to the hands and then have the whole top half of the frame be the scarves in the background. Like, you don't need to get this lucky, like this guy got really lucky because this guy was either, like I said, tall or jumping, and that's fine, but you can manufacture it out of what's there. What's there are the people's hands, so you could have made that the focal point. Those scarves covered the whole frame. It's not 30% of the frame or half the frame or something like that. It's the whole thing, and that's what we're seeing. What's wrong with these crowd pictures in stadiums is that half of the people are wearing the jersey of that team the other half are wearing completely different colors. It's not like it's red and white. It's like red and then every other color. And then in this one, you, you're really only seeing one or two faces. So nobody is in there ruining the picture by looking bored. Their hands are occupied. So there's only the one phone in the picture. This is what you're looking for. It's hard. But it doesn't mean that you just get what you get and it's okay because those other ones are not okay. So you need, you need something like this. You need the overwhelming part of the picture needs to be exactly the same, and you have that here, so. We like it. The one I chose is number nine. It is a picture of the guys who are running Mm. with the bulls, running through the course. They are restricted to that one part by those fences, and there's people standing outside the fences, and you can see the cobblestones. It's the slow shutter speed, obviously, that makes this. And again, it's uniformity of it, because everybody who's in this has to wear... A white shirt and white pants with the red bandana so this would not be as good of a picture as if they were all wearing something else and it's beneficial that they're all wearing white because that sets it off you know if they were all wearing black or something like that it would be way harder to figure out what was going on but because they're wearing white shirts and red scarves you can definitely tell what's happening and that makes the picture better I really enjoy this picture a lot if I was doing it I would try to find a place where I would be shooting parallel to it. Yeah, I don't like
0: the angle that much uh, of this, you know?
1: It would be really cool if it was symmetrical, if you had the line, because really what bothers me about it is the dead spaces. So seeing as how there are lines of people on each barrier, I would want to be shooting from one of these buildings straight out so that the top and bottom of the frame would be the people who were looking at them and then the whole middle of it would be the people who were running. I don't you know, I don't know if that was an option or not, but that's what I would have tried to do.
0: Even if you're doing it like in this angle, like kind of a horizontal, not horizontal. What is this? Not horizontal, not vertical diagonal Diagonal. like it should be from corner to corner you know and it's shooting from like this really weird place at the top and then finishing it up at the bottom as it should be yeah like north north south or or, or east west you know that would have been i think that would have been even better i just kind of think that i don't care much for like i think the fans are quite distracting like it doesn't really do that much i think i would just like to see just the whole the strip of just people you know doing the whatever running or whatever from the bulls Cause it, it creates a very very interesting image it looks like bacon doesn't it uh
1: no it doesn't yeah i guess yeah raw bacon yeah, yeah. But
0: it's not running of the pigs unfortunately it's running of the bulls so it doesn't really
1: match I, like, I like i like the picture i think it's, it's a little bit sloppy i think that he is he's breaking yeah i think it is i don't know i think i've i think i've talked about this before i had an instructor at a workshop that i went to when i was first getting started and he was a war photographer and he had won a pulitzer and so everybody kind of hung on every word that he said and kind of cool being around a guy like that. But he said, and his name is Kim Kalmanich, did a couple times in Iraq. And like I said, he has a Pulitzer, so you can't really mess with him. Said that you start at the edges of your frame and then you work in. And the point of that is that if you get too fixated on your subject, your edges are going to be sloppy. And that's what happened here. So you have the, the dead space. And what really bothers me is the upper right hand corner where people are looking over that and you can see there's a van there or something like that. That's not good. And it does take away from the picture. It it takes a picture that could have been a great picture and makes it a a good picture. You know, I I hate to rip on it because it it is cool. And you know, he definitely planned this out and recognized that this was going to be happening and that's good. And who knows? You know, maybe this was the only building that he could have gotten in, but I still think he could have turned the camera around a little bit to be more, that would have been diagonal or something. But start at the edges because the subject is going to take care of itself. Like you've already decided what your subject is going to be. So that decides which way your camera is going to be pointing and how you're going to be composing. So at that point, look at the edges because if you get too fixated on your subject, you're going to find yourself either cropping later on or if you can't crop later on, having stuff in the frame that you really shouldn't have had in the frame. Five, six,
0: five, six, and with that, we end the 49th episode of Big Lens Flash show Can't do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with... 2Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinaire. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Corn, please go to our Facebook page and like us. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket or euros or whatever currency you have, please donate to us to recap Facebook blog, which is BigLensFastShutter.com iTunes and donate. Please repeat. Love us more. See you next month.